Hello and welcome to Parenting with Play. I'm Helen Mooney and I'm here to make your parenting life so much easier. And today we're going to talk about co-sleeping. Do you sleep with your baby or your child? How do you feel about the thought of sleeping with your baby or child? Is it one of your little secrets that you don't tell anybody because you're afraid of being judged or you just feel it's such a shameful thing to do that it's a sign that you've sort of failed to teach your baby how to sleep properly or that your child should be in their own room on their own, but it doesn't work like that. So, okay, I just won't tell anybody really. Oh, it can be really stressful, can't it? I mean, bedtimes and sleep can be stressful, but I think we make life a lot harder for ourselves by forcing our or having this expectation that our babies and our children can sleep away from us happily and easily without any fuss and that they should be able to do this. And we place such pressure on ourselves to be able to force our babies and children to do this. The hours that you've probably spent trying to fight their natural instincts to be close to you, to snuggle up with you, to want you there with them. You go, no, you can't do that. And we're sort of going against, you know, what what is natural, what is normal, you know, with no other time before like the industrialized time where babies and young children supposed to be separate from their parents from their mum and we spent that's what we do this I mean countless books isn't there you've probably followed them going okay and we then spend most of our time going okay how could I get my baby to sleep and a lot of the day is scheduled around how to get your baby to sleep or your child to sleep and really so much of it could be solved not all of it which I'll share a bit later on but by about allowing our babies and our children to actually be close with us at bedtime and I just want to read this now I want to recommend this really fantastic book which I read it's called three in the bed and it's by Deborah Jackson and I just completely love it I think because she's English and so I'm English and so I really relate to what she's saying but um, wherever you are in the world I really recommend it if if it's something you're scared about doing co-sleeping and you want to know facts behind it. You want to know the research behind it. Also, another person to really read is James McKenna. He's done a lot of fantastic work around sleeping with your baby. In fact, I can't remember the name of the book, but it's something like that. So look at James McKenna. He's done proper research around it and obviously founding it to be so beneficial. And uh, yeah, so there's a there's a there's a quote in here that I want to read from Michelle O'Donnell, who um is a pioneering obstetrician in the birth world. He's just extraordinary and he does a lot of work around, he's got a book particularly about oxytocin, the hormone of love. And he talks about it in relation to birth. But here in relation to baby, he says, it takes only the most elementary observation to see that a baby needs its mother even more during the night than during the day and even more in the dark than in the daylight. In the dark, the baby's predominant sense, sight, is at rest. Instead, the baby needs to use its sense of touch through skin-to-skin contact and its sense of smell. And when we deprive our babies and our children of that, it's stressful for them, isn't it? That's why they cry so much when they're away from us, and it's stressful. And that type of crying away from us is very different to the type of crying that I advocate when our babies are re- and children are releasing stress when they're with us. It's healing when they're with us. It's stress inducing when they're away from us. So I knew that I wanted to co-sleep because I met somebody, I, actually she was a work colleague, she's gorgeous and uh, she slept with her young children and I'm like, oh, 
you can do that? That's really weird, but I like the sound of it, but it's weird. Oh God. Okay. Is that, is that all right? Is that normal? Is that okay? You know, it's like looking for permission that that's okay. And that's what I love the three in the bed book because it sort of gave me permission that it was actually okay. But we can go against a lot of our instincts, can't we? Because when you have your new baby, gosh, you just want to be with them so much of the time. You just want to coo them and hold them and cuddle them. And then you also want more sleep. So then we, we're told that in order to get more sleep, they need to be away from us. That, you know, that's the way, that's the proper way that they should be able to sleep and that they need to learn to be independent. And there's so much emphasis on our babies and young children to be independent. And it's actually recognizing that actually in order to become independent, we actually need to have a really firm connection beforehand. We need to go through these stages of dependency Babies, I mean, there's nothing more dependent than a baby. Of course, there's no way in the world it's going to be independent of you. There's no way it could survive independently of you. It needs to be with you and needs to be cared by you. So we need to go through being dependent and starting to then, as they get older, to then move to independence, but always coming back on, you know, to us as a base. As toddlers, you see it, they go out, look around, explore, and then they come back. And then obviously as our children go to school, they struggle with that separation from us because actually they're not really supposed to be separated from us then. But we help them with that and you can help them, you can absolutely help your children with separation anxiety. Um, and so to move, they need to move away from us. And, you know, it happens again with teens. They need to separate from us, but, they, that, but that's not leaving us and they cut themselves adrift. They need to always come back to us. They need to have that solid base. And then as, as they go out on adults, they get further and further away and are more capable of being away from us. But they still need that connection. You know, our family connections are so vital for all of our well-being. So there's, there's an overemphasis on our babies and our children to become independent. And now that I am the mother of a 12-year-old, I'm here to let you know that your children will become independent sleepers. It's, it's a natural process. You don't need to force it on them when they're really little. Now, obviously, co-sleeping is not for everyone, and I really recognise that, and not everybody wants to do it. But it's a, but this podcast, is this episode is for if you're a bit interested, if you're like, ooh. So when I had Emily, and uh, we went back to England when she was a baby, and so my mum set up the cot, and of course, first grandchild's so excited, getting all the kit, it's brilliant, and so we went there, and then um, she came, Emily came, my mum came in one morning when she could hear that we were awake, <laughs> and she saw uh, Emily in bed with me, and she was like horrified, going, <gasps> and so I lied, I was panicking, going, oh my god, <laughs> and I was sort of lied, going, no, no, um, I, she's only just got into my bed. She's only just got into bed. But she was she was in the court. <laughs> I was so worried about the judgment that would be placed on me by others for having my baby close to me. And second time around, I don't think even think she bothered to bring the cot out. She knows that George was just going to be in bed with me and that was not an issue. And I'm really comfortable with that. And that's just how it is. But as new mums, we can get very scared about things like that. So I got very scared about co-sleeping um because I was worried about the judgment and for my mum she was I mean the separation that went on in previous generations uh certainly in England babies were left to cry in the pram down the end of the garden um you know the co the the leaving to cry was a was a big was a big thing so 
there is that disconnection from our babies. There is that sense that they need to become independent from us and we place so much emphasis on it. So if you're interested in co-sleeping and you have concerns about it, I'm hoping that this will help address it. One of the big things that I often hear is, particularly the partners are like so worried about having a baby or a small child in bed with them because they're worried that they're going to squash them, that they're going to inadvertently roll over and completely squash this little being. And my answer to that is my question to you, if that is your concern, is when was the last time that you fell out of bed? Did you, do you fall out of bed regularly? Because, you know, you're close to the edge of the bed. Do you fall out of bed regularly? You don't, do you? Unless you're completely blind drunk, then you might. But even then, it's not often that you do. So our bodies, when we don't have alcohol in our system, so co-sleeping, you don't do it when, you, when you've drunk, when you've drunk any alcohol. You don't do it if you're a smoker because that impacts your breathing and your um, <clears throat> your sort of consciousness levels and also, you know, you're breathing smoke into a small child. It's not helpful. Obviously you're not smoking bed, but just the, this breath of smoke is not good. But particularly if you're on any, um, sleeping tablets, um, medication that makes you drowsy and alcohol, you don't co-sleep then. But if you're not doing any of those things, then you can absolutely sleep very safely with your baby and your and your children in your bed with you. You're not going to squash them. In fact, as a mother, you are hyper aware of where your child is, hyper aware of where your baby is. And what's so wonderful about co-sleeping is that when you have a baby, you sort of wake, you wake, you, first of all, you help to regulate their breathing and their heart rate. So it's really beneficial for your baby to be close to you. Also, you'll find that you sort of naturally wake just before or just as your baby is starting to stir. You're so in tune with your baby. And particularly if you're breastfeeding, breastfeeding is, is one of the ways that makes co-sleeping really safe for you as a baby. And it also co-sleeping helps you to breastfeed as well, because it, I mean, it's so much easier, isn't it? When your child is, when your baby is needing to be fed in the middle of the night to just roll over and feed them rather than having to get out of bed and go and feed them. So there's so many benefits to co-sleeping for the baby and for you, because it means that you don't have to keep going out of bed to then go and attend your baby or your small child, and then eventually bring them back into bed at what, like three o'clock in the morning, because you've just sort of given up. It means that you, the mother-baby diet is such, such an incredible connection that you have. And it's so important to the well-being of both of you, particularly for your baby, but also for you as the mum. So to maintain that mother-baby diet, to maintain that connection, increases your baby's sense of attachment with you, which we know is vital for really healthy emotional growth. Um, and it, it's just a source of absolute delight. So... Don't be afraid of sleeping with your baby or your child if you are not taking drugs or alcohol or smoking. Um, there, there, you know, if you are concerned, obviously there are safe sleep practices. So keeping duvets away, uh, quilts away, keeping away from soft pillows. You know, you don't want it to be a case that your baby gets smothered by those things. But again, I'll also offer that when you're in tune with your baby, you are really aware of it. It's really quite extraordinary how you are aware. And and unless you are somebody who regularly falls out of your bed, <laughs> which would be a sign that perhaps having a baby next to you would not be good. But the chances are you don't fall out of your bed. You're going to be perfectly fine about being aware of where your baby and your child is. The other thing about co-sleeping 
that people were horrified about when I first did it. And so times have moved on, I think. When I did it, you know, was doing it 12 years ago, there was a bit more horror about it. I think people are getting more relaxed now, which is great. Is there was great concern about, well, my poor husband. And so often Evan would be the one who would go and sleep in the uh, in the spare room. And, uh, you know, there was like, oh, poor Evan. And I'm going, Evan is a fully functioning, articulate adult. I have this tiny little baby who can't move for themselves, can't express themselves, you know, can't talk, can't do anything for themselves. And yet everybody is more concerned about poor, my poor husband than my poor baby. And I think that just shows how disconnected we often are from, from babies and from nature and the natural way of being things. So, um, my husband was quite happy to go next door. He was fine (laughs) for a while. But the beauty with aware parenting and parenting by connection approach is that to incorporate staying close with your baby and child and also using the the tools and the strategies to then help your baby and your children sleep better. Because often many people think, well, if I just co-sleep, then that is what's going to help my baby sleep better. That's what's going to be the answer to my child's wakefulness in the middle of the night and bedtime refusal and all of that sort of thing. And you can think well, that's it. That's what's going to be the answer. And actually, that's not always the answer, which I thought it was going to be the answer. I thought I'm going to do everything perfectly and I'm going to co-sleep and breastfeed on demand and all of that sort of stuff. And it didn't actually help with sleep. It helped with so much other things, but my baby was still very, very restful, which uh, now led me to aware parenting, parenting by connection. So ultimately, I'm very grateful. But at the time, it was tiring. Um So to incorporate aware parenting into co-sleeping is to then add in the elements of what's actually going on for my baby and for my child now that I have met their need for emotional closeness, because it is a need. It's as, you know, our children and our babies have a need to be close to us as much as they have a need to be fed by us and uh, protected by us. That need for connection is so important and co-sleeping really, really helps with that. When your baby and your children are not sleeping well, then that's the chance to then go, okay, well, what is going on for them emotionally? How can I help them? How can I use play? How can I listen to their upset feelings? And you can incorporate all of that. And that is what's going to help you have a better night's sleep. That is what's going to help them sleep better. But you've because you've got that beautiful foundation of the closeness at bedtimes. Now, I've also hear from mums who go, okay, well, I'm going back to work soon, so I've got to get her out of my bed. I've got to get my baby out of my bed or my toddler out of my bed so that they just become more independent. And again, my 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 invitation to you if, is if that's what you're also worried about is there's that makes co-sleeping even more important because you are going to be away from your baby or your child for extended periods of time, which they will possibly, which they will have upset feelings about and they, because they want to be close to you. And so having that opportunity at bedtime to, for them to be close to you at nighttime is just going to really help with those feelings of separation away from you during the day. You might find your, you also might find, you know, your, your child might regress. If there's a new baby that comes along, they want to come back in bed with you. And I brought my six-year-old back in bed with me um, for a while when her younger brother was born so that she could feel and experience that closeness again with me. So 
if they're starting school or if they're starting daycare, um, those are times when they might need those extra closeness. And that that opportunity for co-sleeping comeback is is just so it's such an easy way to give your children the closeness that they need and that just deliciousness of co-sleeping. And if you're not enjoying co-sleeping, I'd love to hear why and what's going on for you. Is it because that they're so restless? And you do see videos, don't you, of babies and toddlers just crawling all over the bed and uh, the mum is lying there, you know, dad's lying there with a foot in their face and, you know, just going, oh my God, this is not, this is not fun. So if that's the case with your child and your baby, then that's the time to go, okay, they should be sleepy by now. (laughs) They are sleepy. I can know that they're tired. So why are they not rest, you know, having a good night's sleep. Um, because people can equate co-sleeping with actually not getting as much sleep because then the child isn't sleeping so well. So you can use the aware parenting tools to help your child and baby sleep better at night whilst they're still lying next to you. It doesn't mean that they're, you need to, to move your baby or child away from you in order to get a good night's sleep. You can absolutely get a fantastic night's sleep with your baby and your child in bed with you. Now, after a while, it does get to a point that you might not want to do it anymore. And I know that when I first started uh, co-sleeping, I was hearing about all the benefits of it and going, yeah, it's such a good thing to do. And I'm going, great, great, great. But I still had the real concern of going, well, what happens, you know, when I don't want to co-sleep anymore, (laughs) when I've had enough? And at the time, nobody could really answer that question. So thank goodness for aware parenting and parenting by connection, because that's really helps to know how to help our children. Because again, it's just helping our children with their feelings around something. And I moved my eldest out when she was three. And it was even interesting now I reflect back on that because I thought, okay, well, she's three now. That's old enough. She's fine. She's not a little baby anymore. She's sort of coming out of toddler stage. It's time for her to become independent sleeper. Um, and I felt that I something that I should do. And I think I was starting to get a bit fed up as well, but it was largely because I thought, okay, well, she's three now. She really should be doing it. And now, you know, from the benefit of being older, looking back going, oh, she was only three. (laughs) She was only three. Um, but I did help her and I used the, the, the aware parenting approach to help her in a really loving way that, you know, ultimately helped her to sleep on her own. And she managed to move through that fine. With my son, though, who is now six, we have just stopped co-sleeping. And in order to make co-sleeping better for us as a family, we had, we're very fortunate we've got a big bedroom where I could have a king, massive, you know, a big king bed. And I had bought a king single um, in the same type. So we just had this massive continuous bed. Uh, and it was awesome. And it meant that there were, we all had plenty of space because I, I hate having... <laughs> having children all on top of me and feeling a bit uh, squashed like that. But we all had plenty of space, but while still being near each other, there was loads, loads of room for all of us. So if you are wanting to co-sleep, set it up so it's comfortable for you. I mean, I did hear of one family and they, mum, dad and a child sleeping in a double. And I don't know how they did that. So if you have space in your room, why not get the bed, you know, get your child's bed. I bought a bed that is now my son's bed and will be his bed for, you know, a long time. Uh, and I just put it next to our bed and it just made life so much easier and it was enjoyable. And also the upside of it was that it was a great place to do lots of wrestling games and, uh, sock game and all of these games on the bed. It was awesome. 
Um, but then I got to the point where I had had enough and we moved George into his room and having that flexibility that he came back into our room some nights and then, but we also helped him stay in his room and listen to some feelings around him staying in his room and played in his room and did all that sort of thing to help him stay in his room and be happy about it. And there's still nights now that he'll come into our room occasionally, but it's, it's a rarity now. And I'm very excited because now I can actually get in and out of my bed from the side without having to scoot up and down from the bottom of it. So if you're co-sleeping, you're thinking about co-sleeping or you are co-sleeping and you don't know how to end it and you just think this is going to be it forever, you, you can help your children to to uh, to transition and to sleep independently. You can absolutely do that in a way that really helps their emotions, that's really nurturing and empathic and effective. And you can also know and feel confident that your children do get older and that they do become much more capable of being able to sleep on their own. And they are going to. Now, occasionally, once in a blue moon, I might go and share a bed with my 12-year-old daughter. But as a whole, no. Uh, George, every now and again, as I said. So it's, it's, re it's really lovely. And the other thing about co-sleeping, just to say, is uh, travelling makes life so much easier. It's also cheaper. You don't need to buy a cot. Um, and travelling, you don't have to take all the paraphernalia. You just bung them in the bed with you. The one thing we did get was a, a collapsible bed rail so that you can put that next to you in the bed so that they don't fall out. Um, but we just pushed our enormous set of beds up against the wall. And you will be thought of as a bit weird. Um, I My friends were like, oh, it's a bit weird, but okay, we'll go with it. But you need to do what's right for you and what's right for your family. And, um, and co-sleeping is a really, really wonderful thing. And sometimes I miss it. But after co-sleeping for pretty much 12 years, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly good. <laughs> I'm done now. But there is light at the end of the tunnel. So co-sleeping is wonderful. It's not always the answer to getting a good night's sleep. And if you're finding that you're having to lie there with your children and they're taking forever to go to sleep, and when you then start to move out of the bed and then they startle and awake and um, they then want you to come back, you don't have to spend, you know, that's a real sign that your children have feelings, have upset feelings that you can help them with, which I go through for babies in the We're Parenting Babies program, for children in Annoying to Amazing program. So there are ways that you can really help your children with that. Co-sleeping doesn't mean that you have to spend your entire evening in the bed with them. It doesn't mean that you have to uh, lie next to them during naps the whole time. Um, it means that you just have that opportunity to have that beautiful closeness throughout the night and the day, you know, as well as what you have during the day and it's an opportunity to give that to your children when they are away from you when you do need to go to work when you do need to be you know when they are at daycare and at school it's a really lovely easy cheap way of of really giving your child children the connection that they they need so but you are going against society. You are going against, well, certainly the Western society, Japanese society, you know, they co-sleeping, it's not even an issue. That's just what they do. Um, but our, our Western ways, it's been very frowned upon because there's been such fear of dependence, have fear of our babies and our children being dependent on us forever. And that's not the case at all. As I said, our children need to be dependent and then they move to independence and then we move to interdependence. You don't want 
you know, we can't operate independently the whole time. We have an interdependence and that's what co-sleeping I really think nurtures. So if you've got any questions about co-sleeping, come and ask me. And if you are co-sleeping and it's not the panacea, it's not the answer that you thought it was going to be, then uh, come and check out where Parenting Babies and Annoying to Amazing, which you can all find at parentingwithplay.com.au and I'll be able to help you to help your babies and your children to sleep well whilst they are next to you. All right. Enjoy this time because it does come to an end. If you are co-sleeping, it is so delicious. Um, and also, actually, it can also be really annoying too. I fully admit that. You know, I've had, you know, hands flung in my face <laughs> and all of that sort of stuff. But that's that's life, isn't it? And that's parenting and it comes to an end and they will then be sleeping independently and with other people that's not you as they get older and they will be great. So enjoy if you are and if you're on the fence give it a go if you want to and know that it doesn't have to be forever like anything you can help your children transition it when it stops being helpful for you when it stops being enjoyable for you because your needs are important too so if it's not working for you then that's a sign for it to end but sit and think why it's not working for you is it because they're not sleeping or is it because there's society's expectations that they should be doing something by that particular stage and if it's that then question well is that what I want to govern my decisions around my children um, and think about that all right take care and have a good week and I'll see you again next time I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and you can see how you can implement what we talked about today with your children and family. Be sure to hit subscribe in your podcast app to know when each episode is released and I would love it if you could leave a review and share with your friends. And if you want to shout less and connect more, head over to parentingwithplay.com.au to download my quick guide of five simple games which you can start playing straight away. You really can transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun. So have a great week and enjoy playing. Thank you.